is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. You know what happened yesterday? You know what happened yesterday? Nobody's talking about it. The Klobuchar Grassley in the Senate legislation passed as sexual harassment training becomes mandatory in the United States Senate. Taking this right off of Grassley's website. It's co-sponsored. Members include Chuck Schumer, Diane Feinstein, Thad Cochran. Thad Cochran. I thought he was sick. Dick Durbin, Lamar Alexander, Tom Udall, Pat Roberts, Mark Warner, Roy Blunt, Patrick Leahy, Ted Cruz, Angus King, Roger Wicker, and Deb Fisher. By the way, I don't see John McCain on here. Do you, Mr. Producer? I don't know why he's missing. The legislation was introduced by Klobuchar of Minnesota, ranking member of the Rules Committee, Grassley, Mitch McConnell, Richard Shelby, Shelley Moore Capito, uh, Catherine Cortez Masto from Nevada. And this is what it says, quote, Making harassment training mandatory in the Senate sends a clear message. Harassment of any kind is not and will not be tolerated in Congress, period. Senator Klobuchar said, sexual and workplace harassment is a widespread problem that affects too many women and men in too many places, professions, and industries. Everyone deserves to feel safe and comfortable at work, and the passage of this official Senate policy is an important measure to ensure that's the case in these halls. So the Senate is passing legislation so its members and staff control themselves. From sexual harassment. You know, this is a massive untold story. We get these little comments now and then. Barbara Boxer says she was harassed. Somebody else says they're harassed. Four occasions people were harassed. I hear a lot of rumors about these members of Congress, what sleazeballs they are. Drunks and womanizers. And worse. So now they're passing a mandatory training requirement which they think will stop or at least limit sexual harassment in the United States Senate. And then we have these senators coming out trashing Roy Moore. I mean, it's hilarious how sick this is. Is it not? So on Thursday, the same day, the Washington Post comes out with this long article on Roy Moore. And I'm not a special pleader for anybody. The United States Senate passes a rule, I guess it is. I think it's a statute. Whatever it is. To train senators not to harass each other. And not to harass their staff. Harass their staff. By passing this resolution, there it is, a resolution. We take a step to ensure that all who work for the Senate are able to do their job without feeling unsafe or uncomfortable. We have people working in the United States who apparently feel in the Senate... Unsafe and uncomfortable. This is from Grassley. 
No place of work is immune to the all-too-prevalent scourge of sexual harassment, but we in Congress have a particular duty to set high standards of conduct. In the wake of so many scandals and reports of sexual harassment around the country, it's critical that we continue to do everything we can to prevent it. Now look at that phony language. You know, it's going on in Hollywood, it's going on here. We need to just make sure it doesn't happen there. It is happening there. Otherwise, they wouldn't pass this resolution. Now, would they? And by the way, why didn't every single member of the Senate co-sponsor this rule? Hmm. It goes on. Here's Senator Shelby of Alabama. Comprehensive anti-harassment training will now be a requirement for everyone in the Senate community. Oh, in the community, like the NFL community? Senator Klobuchar's resolution is a common-sense bipartisan proposal that will make it clear that harassment of any kind will not be tolerated. I am pleased that this resolution received, received unanimous support. Do you get the, you do, the hypocrisy, how brazen this is? These pipsqueaks, they're pipsqueaks, are passing a resolution condemning themselves. And we are condemning ourselves. We want to make sure people are safe. There's no sexual harassment in the halls of the United States Senate. And then they pat themselves on the head for passing the resolution. Today, the United States, and this is Cortez Masto. I don't know who the hell that is from, from Nevada. Today, the United States Senate has sent a clear message that sexual harassment has no place in our country. It has nothing to do with the country our workplaces, and in the United States Congress. Now there's going to be anti-sexual harassment training in the Senate. I didn't see much on this at National Review Online. I didn't see an editor's note. You know, the editors write. Usually the editors write because one or two people are actually writing the piece and they don't want their names attached to it. So it's a corporate mission. National Review calls for more to drop out of the Senate race. I didn't see National Review write a damn thing yesterday about what's going on in the Senate. Mitt Romney, the great late Mitt Romney, now wants to be a senator. Roy Moore is unfit for office and should step aside. So Mitt Romney knows what took place. Step aside, Roy. The Senate committee, the National Republican Senatorial Committee, will no longer fundraise for Roy Moore. Would this be the same Mitch McConnell-controlled committee that spent millions and millions of dollars to destroy more in the Republican primary? Yes, it is. Then you have to hear these lectures. I don't even know Roy Moore. He's on the show once. See, you're a hypocrite if you don't believe everything that's been said in the Washington Post. If you're not a true believer. You're a hypocrite if you believe a lot of the allegations being made in Hollywood, but don't immediately believe the allegations made in this case, representing some 38 years ago, respecting Roy Moore. Worse than that, you're excusing immoral behavior. You're excusing pedophilia, if you will, or something of the sort, if you do not believe the Washington Post article and the allegations in there. You must support the lowest kind of activity. Because you actually look at this stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, the issue isn't whether 
people think this is disgusting or not for a 32-year-old man to have some kind of sexual conduct, as was described, of any kind, really, with a 14-year-old girl. None of us believe that's appropriate behavior, and we don't need lectures from the inside the Beltway crowd who have to pass a resolution to control themselves against sexual harassment. We don't need lectures by people who in their own private lives know, in many cases, that they are absolute contemptible sleazeballs. The issue has been dumped in our laps. It has been dumped into the public square by the Washington Post in the middle of a contentious race in Alabama where the candidate who is running is despised by the Republican establishment. They were unable to stop him, is despised by the media, including the Washington Post, which endorsed his opponent, even though the Washington Post, last time I checked, is not geographically located in Alabama. And the article was very odd, as I pointed out last night, that the reporters are down there and they hear, they hear about Roy Moore and teenagers. So if you start to break down the article and try and unravel it in order to put it back together again, it is said that you support a 32-year-old man having relations of some kind of as described, with a 14-year-old. That's where we are right now. That's what happens when you have this, this group think. It is easy to come on the radio or go on TV or write an article or be a congressman or a senator and say, this is disgusting. This guy has to go. We want nothing to do with this guy. He needs to withdraw. What the hell? Get rid of the guy. Get rid of the guy. Excuse me? We don't even know if this happened. And the Washington Post presented it in such a way and at such a time where it's impossible for us to resolve that. It is impossible. That's why I have nothing but contempt for these politicians, almost all of them. They're not taking the high road. Not taking any road. This whole thing is loathsome. The way the Washington Post did it, the timing. I'm not done with them, by the way. They've got a lot to answer for on the journalism side, apart from the rest of it. Then I'd be, well, this isn't a uh, court, you know, a jury. It's not innocent until proven guilty. We get to draw our own conclusions. No, but apparently we don't get to draw our own conclusions. You either draw the conclusion that the Washington Post wants you to draw, that Mitt Romney wants you to draw, that John McCain wants you to draw, and all the left wants you to draw, or you don't have a right to your own conclusions. You absolutely are not allowed to have a right to your own conclusions. Who are they fooling? Feel safer about the Senate today, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, now that they passed a resolution that they're not supposed to molest each other and they're not supposed to molest their staff while they're out there issuing press releases and doing interviews about an article based on a story that's 38 years old. That never saw the light of day, not in any election, not in any Roy Moore controversies, not by any local newspaper. Now, we're going to go over this again, unfortunately. I was planning on doing something else today. Trust me on this. I don't particularly enjoy this stuff. I don't enjoy it at all. But something came out today that's very, very interesting. The Washington Post presented this 
as four women, none of whom wanted to speak to them. So they dragged the information out of these women. Ms. Korfman was the 14-year-old at the time. She's 53 now. And they said neither Korfman nor any of the other women sought out the Post. While reporting a story in Alabama about supporters of Moore's Senate campaign, a Post reporter heard that Moore allegedly had sought relationships with teenage girls. I demonstrated that to be an utterly false statement. It's an impossibility. The women didn't know each other. That's what they say. The women say they don't know one another. And yet they overheard, or a reporter heard, I should say, to be accurate. A post reporter heard that more allegedly had sought relationships with teenage girls. In the plural. These women didn't know each other. Nobody ever heard this before. How would the post hear that more allegedly sought relationships with more than one teenage girl? Just, just as a, as, as an analytical matter. When the women didn't even know each other, and this matter never came up before. And how would they know who to contact? I told you how they knew. Somebody planted it. And why do they point out that Ms. Korfman is a Republican, that she voted for Donald Trump? Because they're trying to give you a resume of credibility. And maybe she is credible. I don't know. They dropped this in our lap, and now we're Judge Jory, and we're supposed to decide immediately. But then why didn't the Washington Post, while they told us about Ms. Korfman's background as a Republican who voted for Donald Trump, supported Donald Trump, why didn't they tell us about Ms. Gibson's background, Deborah Wesson Gibson? Why was it left to AL.com? Ms. Gibson, the owner of an interpreting company, Signs of Excellence, provided services for Clinton during the 2016 campaign, as well as working with former Democratic Vice President Joe Biden during other events. Photos posted to her company's social media site show her providing sign language services for Senator Patrick Murphy and Senator Bill Nelson, both Florida Democrats. How hard would it have been for the Washington Post, Mr. Producer, and country to find that public information on Deborah Wes and Gibson and include it in their story. If they're going to include the women in the story, they're going to write the story. If they're going to tell us Ms. Korfman is a Republican who supported Trump, why didn't they tell us Ms. Gibson is a Democrat who supported Hillary? Why didn't Stephanie McCrumman and Beth Reinhardt and Alice Kreitz of the Washington Post, three reporters, and not one of them, nor the researchers, discovered that Deborah Wesson Gibson is a Democrat activist of the highest order. But they did tell us that Lee Korfman, the 14-year-old at the time, was a Trump supporter. Why would they do that, Mr. Producer? I'll be right back. Lovin. woman who said Senate candidate Roy Moore, this is from AL.com, pursued her while she was in high school, worked for Hillary Clinton's campaign as a sign language interpreter, according to videos and documents posted online. Videos and documents posted online in the Washington Post couldn't find them. I want to show you how deceitful the Washington Post was. Here's their article yesterday. 
this portion. According to campaign reports, none of the women has donated to or worked for Moore's Democratic opponent, Doug Jones, or his rivals in the Republican primary, including Senator Luther Strange, whom he defeated this fall in a runoff election. So they're trying to show that everybody is politically, politically pure of heart. Kaufman, 53, who works as a customer service representative at a payday loan business, says she has voted for Republicans of the past three presidential elections, including for Donald Trump in 2016. That's it. You know damn well the Washington Post knew that this other woman was a Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, uh, Democrat activist. You know damn well they knew that, and yet they go out of their way by omission to ignore information that's online on her Facebook page that any reporter can see. They've still done it up to today. It was this local report that found it. That's number one. And number two, they go out of their way to say, really, none of them have supported Moore's opponent. None of them got involved in the Republican primary. In fact, the key... Uh, a, a, a woman who's making the allegations. Kaufman is a Republican who votes for Republicans and supported Trump. How? I, I'm just telling you, the timing of this story, this aspect of the story, yesterday, as I pointed out, somebody, they heard from somebody about all these four teenagers. It doesn't add up. I'll be back. This is America's Constitutional Convention. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Senators Globusher and Grassley legislation passes. Sexual harassment training becomes mandatory in the United States Senate. What would compel the United States Senate to do that? You know, it's interesting, just a few miles down the road from the nation's capital, where these senators sit, is a media corporation. That's what it is, the Washington Post Corporation, owned by the wealthiest man on the face of the planet, Bezos, who owns, of course, Amazon. Is there a reason why the Washington Post hasn't gone to Capitol Hill and heard names, specific names of senators and members of Congress? who are sexually harassing people on Capitol Hill? Has anybody read anything lately about the Washington Post exposing? It must be an epidemic. I mean, it has to be systemic, at least a pattern, something going on on Capitol Hill for these senators so, in a full-throated way, so aggressively passing a resolution, proudly issuing press releases that they won't tolerate this. They won't tolerate what? Who did what to whom? Who did what to whom? Will the Washington Post, which is just a few miles down the road, these same reporters they sent to Alabama, will they track down the members of Congress, Stephanie McGrumman, Beth Reinhardt, Alice Kreitz? Are you going to track down the members of Congress who've been sexually harassing people in Congress? We would like to know who they are. It's not 38 years ago. Not 38 years ago, just a couple of years ago, maybe a couple of months ago, maybe a couple of hours ago. I don't know. All you have to do is go to a few of the watering holes up there on Capitol Hill and, you know, do what reporters used to do. And you can go there, check out their supporters and their staff and see if you hear anything. 
See if you hear anything. It's in their own backyard. Capitol Hill is in the backyard of the Washington Post. They just passed yesterday, the Senate, a resolution saying, stop sexual har harassment. We're going to have to train you, including senators. It's like a Monty Python bit. Senators passing a resolution to prevent themselves from fondling other people against their will, apparently doing something. And the Washington Post, where's the Washington Post? They send the reporters to Alabama who heard something, which is an impossibility. They didn't hear they didn't happen to hear about these four ladies. It was fed to them. It was given to them. The women didn't know each other, never knew each other, never spoke to each other, didn't know each other existed. But somebody heard that all four of them suffered at the hands. And really not even at the hands, but suffered at as a result of, uh, of Roy Moore. This is just basic logic. Now, I know they don't want to hear this at National Review. I got it. I got it. I know they don't want to hear this uh, at this site, that site, this news organization, that one. I heard uh, one of the uh, people who's on the air on one of our favorite on our favorite cable channel say, it's good that the National Senate Republican uh, Rep uh, Senatorial Committee is no longer going to fund the Roy Moore campaign. Why is that? Why is that? The fact is they hate Roy Moore. That's why they're doing this. They don't know the facts any better than you and I do. We know nothing except what the Washington Post wrote. That's it. There's no way to adjudicate this. There's no way to resolve it. The timing stinks. We all know it. This report is, base, is clearly partisan. Even if it's accurate, it's partisan. For the very reasons I stated. According to campaign reports, none of the women has donated to or worked for Moore's Democratic opponent, Doug Jones. Okay, they must not be political. Or his rivals in the Republican primary. Okay, then they don't have an axe to grind against him. That's what they're trying to point out. Including Senator Luther Strange, whom he defeated this fall in the runoff election. Okay. Korfman, 53, who works as a customer service representative at a payday loan business, says so she's voted for Republicans in the past three presidential elections, including Donald Trump in 2016. So, what the reporters are saying, not only are they apolitical, but it's even more. The main accuser, the 53-year-old, who didn't want to come forward, but the Post found out, found out about her and the others, because they heard about it. She's a Republican who supported Trump, so they're all, you know, no axe to grind. And then we learn... From a local report that another woman, in fact, is an activist Democrat. And the information's on her Facebook site. She's got photos on her Facebook site. She's with former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden. And she said on Facebook she provided interpretation for an event involving the Vice President in 2012. Photos showing Gibson with Clinton and Biden began circulating on social media shortly after the Moore piece was published. Well, why didn't the Washington Post find it? How is it that average citizens, all of us, go online, can find the... But the Washington Post, three reporters, a research staff, a billion-dollar company, they couldn't find anything. They found nothing. They found it. They concealed it. They concealed it. And why did they do that? Why did they conceal it? Why not put all the facts out? 
This is why people are having difficulty with this and struggling with this. This is why people are watching the conga line of Republican establishment, not, not solely, but others. There are others. But for the most part, they're watching the Republican establishment. They're watching them one after another after, let's say, almost exactly the same thing. Roy Moore is enormously unpopular with the Republican establishment. They want him to lose. They can't stand the guy, even if it means losing the Senate. They don't want a guy in there that they have to deal with like this. Let's be honest. Whether you think he's a quack, whether you think he's the smartest guy ever, whether you think this, doesn't matter. They don't want him. And this newspaper was fed the story. And the one of the, the you know, I, I told you last night, there's many stories in this story. And one of the big stories that we're not going to know, apparently, is who gave it to him. I don't mean the name of the individual, as I said last night. What group, what oppo research group, what consultant, one campaign operative gave them this information? Look at it this way. If these three reporters are so blind and deaf and dumb that they couldn't find in public social media Ms. Gibson's connection to one Democrat after another. How the hell were they going to find out 38 years ago the names of four women who didn't know each other and never came forward before in their lives? How could these same reporters who somehow missed, overlooked, What's on the Internet? What's on Facebook? Of one of the women. All they had to do is look. Somehow they missed that, yet they heard about these women, and they go to great lengths to look at the campaign reports, and none of the women were involved in the Republican primary. None of them have worked for Moore's Democrat opponent, and in fact, Ms. Korfman is a Republican who supports Trump. What about Ms. Gibson? Well, we didn't find anything about her. How, how so? It's all over the place. Trust me when I tell you my analysis of this, and that's what it is. It's just an analysis of what's been dropped in our laps before this election as a nation. It won't be heard anywhere else, and it doesn't matter. This audience is large enough. What will happen is the group think whether it's the establishment Republicans or others who, who earnestly are having difficulty with this, as we all are, or the left, but the media in particular. Guys like me, they despise. They hate guys like me. Because I just don't accept the narrative. When everybody goes that way, I'm thinking I should go the other way. No, I don't do it just to be different. I do it because... I have to think these things through for myself. No, you're not a hypocrite if you don't agree with the media and the Republican establishment and the Democrats on this. You get to look at the facts and draw your own conclusion. That's the only way you can address this now because there's no other way to resolve it. None. And no, this isn't like Hollywood. Roy Moore, in his statements in the past, quite the contrary. He's hated by Hollywood. He's an he's a evangelical Christian, very religious man. He stood up on the, on the Ten Commandments issue. Whether you agree with him or not, I'm just laying the facts out. There's nothing else in his past whatsoever that we're aware of yet that would certainly indicate that he's anything like a Harvey Weinstein. And yet, I'm hearing this on TV and listening to it on radio. 
So that just tells you how pathetic it's gotten. And no, those of us who read an article like this and have some questions to ask about the timing, some of the way this was approached, some of the information that's hidden, and all the rest, no, we don't support 32-year-old men dating 14-year-old girls. How about if you analyze what's being thrown at us? Analyze what's being thrown at us. Again, the issue isn't whether people think it's disgusting for a 32-year-old man to have relations of some kind with a 14-year-old girl. We can all agree that's disgusting. In fact, it's illegal, too. The issue is whether it happened or not. The issue is whether it happened or not. When this has been dropped in our laps by the Washington Post. And the Washington Post, we've come to learn, is very sinister. Very partisan. Very selective in what it does. So, I just wanted to lay all this out again with new information that's out there and present it to you. I know, I know, I'm in, a, I'm in a distinct minority because I choose to look at this, to analyze this. And by the way, Hollywood is a disaster. I can't even keep track of the number of allegations and the number of people who are involved. And by the way, we're getting confessions too. Now, I believe I mentioned, Mr. Producer, what, a month ago when these things started happening and they were breaking one after another after another that the FBI should set up a special investigative unit a special criminal sexual investigative unit for Hollywood, and I wasn't kidding. Remember that? Well, the DA in L.A. just did that. L.A. County District Attorney forms task force for Hollywood sexual misconduct. This is exactly what's needed. L.A. County prosecutors are preparing to tackle Hollywood's growing tide of sexual misconduct accusations with a new task force. Now, I wonder if they should do this for Congress. I mean, Congress just passed a resolution, the Senate did, for mandatory sexual harassment training. May I ask you something, ladies and gentlemen, in your own lives? Do you need mandatory sexual harassment training? I asked you this the other week. What does it take, about three sentences? I mean, my parents, your parents, my faith, your faith, tells you how to behave yourself. Don't be rude to people. Don't make inappropriate suggestions to people. Don't stare inappropriately at people. Keep your hands to yourself. Keep your clothes on. There it is. I just trained you. I just trained you. I'll be right back. Attention gun owners out there, can you say with 100% confidence your family and home are safe? What if you defend yourself too soon? Do you know exactly what to say and what to do with your gun when the police arrive? Here's how you can take a simple and rewarding journey to concealed carry and home defense confidence. It's called the 2017 Concealed Carry and Family Defense Guide, and it's from the U.S. Concealed Carry Association, and it's 100% free. You'll learn how to detect attackers before they see you, how to survive a mass shooting, the safest and most dangerous places to sit in a restaurant, how to responsibly own and store a gun, even if you have little kids, and a whole lot more. It's 164 pages and comes with a bonus audio version so you can listen in your car. 
This life-changing guide is 100% free, and for a limited time, you'll also get a bonus home defense checklist with DefendThem.com. That's where I want you to go, DefendThem.com. Go there right now for 100% free instant access. Once again, that's DefendThem.com, DefendThem.com. You remember what happened last Sunday, ladies and gentlemen? Five days ago? Twenty-six people were slaughtered in a tiny little church in a tiny little town in Texas. But unfortunately, the nation lives in the world of the media, in the world of the left. And for the last two days, we've had to deal with this. And it is relentless, it is constant. Relentless and constant. Here's a montage of media and politicians about Roy Moore and several of these people serving Congress where the Senate just passed a resolution against itself on sexual harassment training. I want you to think about that. You've elected people to Congress in some cases who need sexual harassment training or better put, anti-sexual harassment training which you would have thought they had as little kids I mean, these are grown men and women. Cut one, go. We should see if these are true, and if they are, then he should step down. John McCain was clear. He needs to step down. Unless he can prove his innocence, the burden is now on him within the next day or so. Ah, there you go, Pete King. Pete King, unless he can prove his innocence. Tell me, Pete, how do you do that? I never liked this guy anyway. Go ahead. If that's true, I don't believe there'd be any place for him in the U.S. Senate. Look, if it's true, we none of us believe there'd be any place for him in the U.S. Senate. But you senators have a high tolerance for sleazeballs. You really do. Ted Kennedy, the lion of the Senate, called him the lion of the Senate. He was a sleazeball. No offense, but he was. And there were other sleazeballs. In fact, some of the people pointing fingers now are sleazeballs. That doesn't defend any untoward conduct that may have happened but just pointing it out go ahead there isn't any shred of truth to these stories he ought to step aside the allegations if uh, true um, to me mean he needs to step aside and if they're true I think he should step aside immediately wow and if they're true and how do we know if they're true how do we know they're not false how do we know anything what's the point of all these statements I don't know. Then there's Chris, Qu- Chris Cuomo on CNN. See if you can follow this idiot. Cut five, go. But that's why the if true thing bothers me. Because, How much more do you need? Is right, that- an allegation is a suggestion without proof. That's what that word means in the law. Their word, their accusation is proof. Right? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what, Chris Com- uh, Cuomo? I heard you like to put your finger in light sockets. So now my allegation is proof. Do you realize how dumb this human being is? How truly dumb he is? The accusation is proof? That's not proof, moron. It's an accusation. Go ahead. 
that it's being ignored. Well, I mean, but it's level. not proof, right? I mean, sure. If a woman comes forward and says this happened, yeah, someone coming forward with testimony is evidence. You could have other evidence. You can yeah. vet them. You can impeach their character. Uh -huh. You can do other things in terms of the legal process. But if you come forward and say this person did this to me, that counts. Every comment that's made by people on the right—that's not proof, you idiot. It's not proof. I'm telling you, I think that uh, Chris Cuomo, late at night, likes to stick his finger in light sockets. Which has a deleterious effect on his IQ, which is low to begin with. There, I just proved it, because I said it. I just proved it. I said it, I proved it. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I am not a special pleader for Roy Moore. That's not the point. I know that people want to put you in a box, and that's what they want to say, because you're trying to think through these things. Again, it was dropped in the public's lap, my lap, your lap, and we're trying to discern what may or may not have taken place. We're also trying to determine the extent to which, in this case, the Washington Post had an agenda. So we can draw our own conclusions. Maybe more information will come out with Mr. Moore. I don't know how exculpatory information comes out in four weeks, which is part of the problem, isn't it? It's part of the problem. So I just want to be clear, I'm no special pleader, but on the other hand, I'm not the judge and the jury either. For ourselves, we are, because there's really nowhere else to turn on this. Uh, but in terms of... Uh, Actually resolving it, I don't, I don't see how we get there. And I am really appalled by the conga line of Republicans in the media and out of the media, in Congress and out of Congress, how they conduct themselves. Rather than rationally, objectively, wrestling with this, talking about it, trying to explain it, he's dead in the water and he's guilty and they run from him. Now, what amazes me is, finally, the Republicans are united. Not on repealing Obamacare, not on slashing tax rates across the board, not on securing the border, not on addressing the debt, not on rebuilding the military, no, no, no. They're all united on Roy Moore. Bizarre. Now, I was telling you, the L.A. County District Attorney, I know nothing about her, Jackie Lacey, except she has enough sense to form a task force for Hollywood sexual misconduct. L.A. County prosecutors are preparing to tackle Hollywood's growing tide of sexual misconduct accusations with a new task force. Now, maybe L.A. District Attorney Jackie Lacey will show the uh, FBI how to have a task force on Congress, because apparently Congress is out of control sexually. Because Congress just passed a resolution, check that, the Senate just passed a resolution yesterday, 
admonishing itself not to sexually harass themselves and their staff. And they're very proud of it. So they're going to have anti-sexual harassment training in the United States Senate. These are the fools you sent to the U.S. Senate, that we sent to the U.S. US Senate. And they're out there saying, you know, this Roy Moore stuff is uh, unbelievable. And the Washington Post, the Washington Post, a couple miles down the road, I would like to know exactly who they're talking about there in Congress that necessitates an anti-sexual harassment training course. Truthfully. So we'll never know the answer, uh, certainly not in four weeks in Alabama, but you got to use your common sense and your experience through life. 38 years, multiple campaigns, multiple local, statewide news organizations. Just the way the Washington Post wrote it makes it clear they were fed opposition research. <clears throat> I truly believe that. Some people, oh, well, who cares? Well, they obviously care because they hit it. And I also know that because they hid the fact that one of the other women was a Democrat activist, and it was all over social media, so all they had to do is look. And then thirdly, they wanted to give you the impression uh, that none of that actually was taking place, when in fact it was. I'm no special pleader here. I'm trying to unravel this just as you are. Roy Moore was on my buddy Sean Hannity's show. And here's some of the things he said. Cut 11, go. I don't know Miss Corpman from anybody. I've never talked to her, never had any contact with her. Allegations of sexual misconduct with her are completely false. I believe they're politically motivated. I believe they're brought only to stop a very successful campaign, and that's what they're doing. Uh, I've never uh, known this woman or anything with regard to the other girls. You understand this is 40 years ago. And after my return from the military, I, I dated a lot of young ladies. Okay. As for Ms. Korfman, that's black and white. says he doesn't know her. So, if she or her family have photos of the two of them together when she was 14 years old, now's the time to show us. Cut 12, go. You are trying to prove your innocence, in, in other words. Well, I, just like you said, uh, they're doing it to defeat the Senate campaign. They're bringing something. They're trying to mix something up from other girls that uh, never said anything about sexual impropriety. And they're all labeling it on this 14-year-old. And I had nothing to do with this. This is a completely manufactured uh, story meant to defraud this campaign, and they're they're losing. It's a they're eleven point fine. Uh, they don't like my acknowledgement that there is a God, and that uh, they we've refused to debate them because of their very liberal stance on transgenderism and transgenderism in the military and in bathrooms. Uh, they're desperate. Then mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> uh, cut thirteen. Go. What about those that don't give you the presumption of innocence? What do you say to them? That's what I'm talking about. They're, they're not even giving me the presumption of innocence. They're saying I should resign because the Washington Post, who brought these charges against the president, uh, or allegations about the Russian involvement, I, the Washington Post has attacked my foundation. They've attacked my wife. 
and now they're attacking me personally on a sexual matter. I don't know what's coming next, but I'm sure that in the next four weeks, they're going to come out with another article because they've got an agenda and they're fulfilling their agenda right as we speak. Now, that's not in dispute, is it? I think even liberals will agree that the Washington Post has an agenda. Well, maybe they won't agree because the liberal media have an agenda. No question about it. Like, Look how they've tried to destroy the president of the United States, day in and day out, day in and day out. Day in and day out. Now, on this show, we know what tomorrow is. And I want to move into this this other matter. We'll take your calls on this. But tomorrow is Veterans Day. We've been playing our military songs, Mr. Producer, remind me, on the break, since 2003 when I first came on the air. I'm very proud of the men and women who have served this country. Some who never came back. Others who came back with severe injuries. And others who served, not inj- didn't have injuries, but they're brave men and women who have served. And others, of course, who have supported them in the military. And their families. I feel the same way about police officers. I really do. They face a different kind of enemy, but criminals are enemies. They're the enemy of the society. They seek to destroy the society from within. We have enemies outside our borders, and we have enemies within the borders who kill, maim, assault, and do what they do. But tomorrow is a special day we put aside to honor our veterans. And I also honor our active duty military, too. One day there will be veterans as well. And, of course, tomorrow, in addition to all you vets out there, I honor my father, who's also a veteran. My mother's father, who's no longer with us, my grandfather, who served in Iwo Jima and Guam, and his brother-in-law, great-uncle, who uh, served, fought at Guadalcanal, and so many others. You think about D-Day, the men coming off those pontoon boats, killed right on the spot, never came home. Some of them never recovered. Every battle, you think about every battle in that war. You think about the battles in World War One. We don't even talk about World War One anymore. The North Korean War, which was a horrendous war. We don't even talk about the war in North Korea. The Vietnam War. A long, bloody war. Where our wonderful, wonderful heroes were undermined here, back at home. By the left, of course. Afghanistan, Iraq, so many, I can't name them all. Can't name them all. But here's what I can tell you. I'm not talking about this case in world wars, but when you look at post-Vietnam, where there hasn't been a draft, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the population that volunteers to serve in the military. And when budget time comes up, they're treated as food stamp recipients. 
Sure, sure. We'll cut a dollar out of food stamps. We have to cut a dollar out of the Marines. Sure. We'll cut a dollar out of road construction. We have to cut a dollar out of the Air Force and on and on and on. It sickens me. It disgusts me. And the man who helped negotiate that deal, John Boehner, and the other one, Mitch McConnell, still treated like uh, like celebrities by the uh, Praetorian Guard media. But in honor of our vets and all the men and women who do serve and have served, the Marines! California, the great KSFO. Go! Hi, Mark. I'm calling about Roy Moore, but you just made me think of something. Can you imagine if our brilliant, brave, naughty fathers had to pass a resolution to keep their pants on? These guys yeah. are so lame. They really are pathetic. They really, and, they, and they're proud of it. They're issuing press releases. They demean the founding fathers. I, I just get so sick when I think about it, but mm-hmm. the reason I'm calling is um, back when Herman Cain was running for president, these, a bunch of women did the same thing to him. They said he molested them, he raped them. There were four or five of them. And then when he dropped out, um, it was over. You didn't hear from them again. So I know this is all garbage. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the timing? 
perfect time to make use of head, so they really got to get their game on and throw them up. What do you think of the response by the establishment Republicans and their media surrogates? Not Republicans, they're winos. They're, they're garbage. They're, they demean the office. They're nothing. Oh, and by All the right. way, yeah. they arrested me when I was 14. I can accuse them, and it's true. What's that? I didn't hear you. I said Vayner molested me when he was drunk. All right, no, 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 no. Okay, thank you. No, 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 no. I know she's joking, but you can't say stuff like that. Mark, El Paso, Texas, the great KTSM. Go. Hey, Mark, let's take my call. The last few clips you were playing were driving me up a wall. This is the difference between evidence and proof and being proven guilty. They keep saying proven innocent, and it, I'm either hearing them wrong or they don't know how to read, because when I read it, it says innocent until proven guilty, which means you don't need to prove your innocence, which is impossible. Mm-hmm. It, this is what's wrong with the American justice. Well, let me slow you down and underscore your point. We're talking about 38 years ago if, in fact, it happened. And so the question is, how in the world do you prove your innocence? And you know what? I want them to take her claim seriously. I do. But that doesn't mean he needs to resign because an allegation an allegation is not proof. It might be considered evidence. A testimony is, is evidence at, at the most. And I'm not... I'm but, not but, li- but the problem here is even if it's true, the statute of limitations are run. So the point is there's no process. There's no... There's no way to resolve this, and that is exactly why people are saying, some people, not too many, unfortunately, that the nature in which this was was raised, the nature in which the Washington Post got the information and has had some very, uh, I think, very uh, unethical type of reporting that they've they've conducted here, uh, that has to be part of the equation when people are trying to make determinations about, uh, about the nature of this story. All right, Mark, I appreciate your call down there in El Paso, Texas. I shall return. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Big race, big race tomorrow, Mr. Producer. I'm talking about a marathon race. Well, there are many of them across the country, of course. And I'm always rooting for PS Runner. People say to me, who's PS Runner? Well, it's for me to know and, and you not to find out. PS Runner is a great runner. By the way, in the I shouldn't even tell you this. Then people will know what I'm driving. Anyway, I was going to tell you something that's pretty funny. But I can't because it will identify my car. All right, all right. I'm rambling. But we wish PS Runner all the best. We really do. And uh, let's see. Oh, yes. If you want to protect your home this holiday season, you need to listen up. My listeners now have early access to Simply Safe's biggest Black Friday sale ever. $200 off their holiday security system. Now, this is a true bestseller. A 13-piece arsenal that covers your entire home. If you want to protect your family, this should be how you do it. Simply Safe has made everything about security effortless. You barely lift a finger. Just order it online. 
It's delivered right to your door with free shipping. Takes less than an hour to set up. A 10-year-old can do this. Simply Safe has no long-term contract. There are no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees. You're protecting your whole house. Plus, Simply Safe's prices are honest and fair. 15 bucks a month for best in industry 24-7 alarm monitoring. And with Simply Safe, you're never locked in. Visit simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com. Go there right now to check out Simply Safe's special pre-holiday sale before it disappears on November 13th, this coming Monday. That's simplysafemark.com for $200 off your system. Simplysafemark.com. And their technology is absolutely outstanding. It is cutting edge. It's absolutely a beautiful service and product, and of course we have it here. So, simplysafemark.com. Now their special discount is over on Monday, so you gotta hurry. All right. We should take some calls. I haven't taken many calls. Brandon! Oresville, North Carolina, on the Mark Living app. Go! Hey, Mark. Uh, good job, as always. Sometimes I think you, Trump, and Hannity are the only ones that get the finger in the dike. It's an uphill battle. But uh, I'm just incensed with what they're trying to do down in Alabama. They think that we're dumb enough to fall for this. The men worked for 38 years, marry a peep, and now all of a sudden they come out of the woodwork. All this does is makes us motivates us to, to get to, to vote them all out. Even even. What, what, uh, what do you yeah. think about people who say uh, he has to prove his innocence? First of all, how do you do that if it happened? Well, exactly. And, and he's guilty. And how do you do it in 38? It's if it's 38 years ago, how do you do it? And if he didn't do it, I mean, I don't know how prove your innocence. Well, how would he even? How how would he even? What mechanism? What process could he use to prove his innocence? That's the point. You can't, and they think we're dumb enough to fall for that. I mean, it, it just motiv- motivates us to rise up against them e- even stronger at the voting booth. And you know, well, we're going to find out in Alabama, aren't we? Right. He was 11 points ahead. Now it's dead even. Uh, whatever. They're playing with the polls. I guarantee it's going to. No, 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 no. They're not playing with it. You can't blow this stuff off, sir. Not if you're going to overcome it. I mean, it's like, it's like people saying in Virginia, well, they're just switching a Democrat for No, 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 no. I had four Republican delegates around here, and now I got one. And by the way, several of them were quite conservative. I, heard that, but I just think the voters uh, will see right through this shenanigans. Well, we're going to find out in December. All right, Brandon, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. See, there's, there, there's a percentage of the population where this group think works where it works, where it becomes a daily drumbeat. You're hearing it now. You're seeing it now. And uh, Moore's on defense. And he can't discuss, apparently, what he wants to discuss. But 38 years is a long time. And it's not like he just popped up in public view. It's not like... He wasn't battling the establishment all these years. It's not like uh, the federal courts and the bar didn't didn't go after him for um, his refusal to remove the Ten Commandments and so forth and so on. He's been a public figure a very, very long time in Alabama. And uh, just the whole way in which this came up, it just it doesn't smell right to me. And then you have fools like Chris Cuomo saying that an allegation is proof. 
then you have somebody on our favorite cable channel saying that it's good that the National Republican Senatorial Committee withdrew its funds. Based on what? He adamantly denies this. Now, again, I'm not a special pleader for, uh, for Roy Moore. But if the more information comes out, the more information comes out. But based on what we know, look, this was dropped in our lap. We didn't bring it up. We're slapped in the face with this. And people are saying you have to draw your own conclusion, but they won't allow us to draw our own conclusion. They're telling us to draw their conclusion. And it just so happens that the Republican establishment, one after another after another, is telling more to get out so Luther Strange can somehow get in. The National Republican Senatorial Committee spent millions to defeat Roy Moore, and all of a sudden it's, we're not going to spend any more money on him. They never wanted him to win. They still don't want him to win, regardless of the Washington Post story. Regardless. They're embarrassed by him. That's why they tried to defeat him. Twice. And failed. Twice. The Washington Post sent its reporters to Alabama not just to go to a uh, more event to, to find out what his supporters thought. They sent their reporters down there uh, because they were given uh, opposition research information. That's how they knew there were, quote-unquote, four teenagers. Um, and I don't know if a 19-year-old girl qualifies as a teenager or not. Um, I had understood that uh, many wanted uh, 19-year-old girls to become uh Eligible for the draft. Is it 19 or 21? I don't even know. But 14-year-old, we can all agree. That's unacceptable. But we all know that's unacceptable. So that's not the issue. The issue isn't whether a 32-year-old man should have any kind of relations of any kind with a 14-year-old. The answer is no, under every and any circumstance. The issue is whether it happened. Well, you know, I've looked at the information, and I have to conclude, yes, he needs to get out. He's uh, guilty until proven innocent. He's got to prove his innocence. Well, if this proves to be true, then... Uh, now, everybody speaking this way knows it's an impossibility. That is, if it proves to be true, how? He has to prove his innocence? How? If you're innocent, how are you going to prove your innocence in this case? That's the issue that many people are struggling with. And how it is that this information came out now, not before or even during the Republican primaries, but after the selections made four or five weeks before the general election. You can't be blind to that. That's purposeful. That's not dumb luck by the left and by reporters. That's not a coincidence. That's a tactic. I know I swim against the uh, the tide, but I, I call them as I see them, that the chips fall where they may. Cheryl, Long Beach, California, Sirius Satellite, go. Hi, Mark. I'm sitting here with my mom, who's almost 90 years old. She's a Holocaust survivor. We oh, listen my. to you every day, and we just want Thank to you. say God bless you for everything you do and say, and we wish you would be like on our regular television all the time, too. We love when you're on uh, the Hannity show. We just can't, can't get enough of you. So. Are you saying you want me to have my own show on Fox? Yeah, because there's so many hmm. people who would watch you, and it would, like, blow out all the other, like, mainstream media. Do you think it would? 
Yeah, or else, like, remember when he used to do Hannity and Combs? So it could be like Hannity and Levin. No, Levin no, that, that won't happen because you'd have, a, <laughs> you'd have two conservatives, you know. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, I wanted to say... Have, I have one. How about the Levin factor? You know what? But then the rest of it, that problem is... Like, I'm just kidding. Forget it. We, just that, kidding. Great. Just kidding. We can't yeah. afford, like, your regular show, so that's why we always like, listen to you on the radio. We Right. Well, thank you. We can't you. get enough. But anyways, I wanted to say on this whole thing with um, the judge that, um, you know, I just find it really interesting. This reminds me, it takes me back to when Herman Cain was running for president. You're the second one to say this. You're the second caller to make this point. You know, um, it's the same thing with when President Trump, remember, like all the women and that, you know, that we're going to be coming out for sexual harassment. Then he finally gets the presidency, thank God. And then all of a sudden it kind of like. Melted. Well, you remember with Bill Clinton how they couldn't stop talking about the rape allegation? Oops, yeah. I think they didn't, did they? No, they didn't. And now that it's like all of a sudden here's this, you know, the Senate race coming up and all of a sudden this person, and you know what, as a female and, and as somebody who like was a law professor, I mean, you know, I'm the first one to say like, you know, if an allegation is true, okay, then let's just go to the facts. Let's not go to like, but the problem is, is that everything gets tried in the press. So it can't mm-hmm. even go into a court of law. You can't even listen to facts because it's already tried. And all these now, people... Now, now, you're a law professor? I Yeah, former. Because now, now I take care of my mom full time. And you're I, wonderful I to do that. Home. But now, Cheryl, here's the thing. The story now is all the people coming out and telling him to get out of the race. Now, that's the story right now. He needs to get out of the race. He needs to get out of... So that's the news. And I, that's I not news. Those that... are politicians giving opinions. Right. Why aren't they talking to the people in the street who are saying that he's a good man and he's a decent man and we don't want him and let us vote. Let us be the deciders. Since when did you guys become like the judge and jury? Now, let me ask you this. Don't you find it interesting that uh, one lady, Gibson, is a Democrat activist and she has photos on her own Facebook site and it's all over social media and... In this long, long story that goes on and on and on, and they go to great lengths to point out that that um, uh, the woman who who was 14 at the time voted for Republican presidents three times in a row and supported Trump, and they could find no contributions to any of Moore's opposition in the Republican Party or in this general election, and somehow they missed this this resume on this other woman. How is that possible? It just doesn't make sense. It's the same thing, like, you know, they always pull out the same cards. If you're not, think about it. If you're not a misogynist, you're a racist. If you're not a racist, then, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's always one of the ifs. So, I mean, he just got the, the sexual harassment, you know, card. He got the misogynist card. You know, I'm surprised right. from Alabama they didn't say he was a racist, you know, and, that, and if had, they, if this proves not to be true, they'll find something on that. It's what the Democrats do. Every time, notice how every time President Trump does something amazing abroad, every time when he spoke in Poland, when he was speaking with Netanyahu, every time he does, they've got to pull something like they got to pull the rug out from under him. And now it's just, that's who Judge Roy Moore, that's, he's the rug that they're trying to pull out. Because if that happens, they're trying to block tax reform from happening. Let me, let me, let me tell you what they're doing now. They are desperately in Alabama trying to find more. Quote unquote, find more, M O R E. So um, that that's what's going on right now. All right, Cheryl, I appreciate your call. You take care. My best to your mother too. I'll be right back. 
Side of having an older car that you love is that things start to go wrong and they tend to snowball. Well, for me, that's an upside. I got extended vehicle service protection from CarShield for our 2010 Camaro. So I don't worry about big repair bills anymore. Getting covered by CarShield is such a great idea. It's affordable protection that can save you thousands for a covered repair. A new fuel pump costs over $500 and replacing a water pump's over 1000 CarShield even has plans that cover your car's computer, GPS, electronics, and a lot more. CarShield's the ultimate in extended vehicle coverage, and they get your favorite mechanic or dealership paid directly, so it's no hassle. Sign up today, get 24-7 roadside assistance, and a rental car while yours is in the shop. Save yourself from high repair costs. Get covered by CarShield, like I did, before something goes wrong. Call 800-CAR-6100 and mention code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. That's 800-CAR-6100, code LEVIN. Or visit their website, carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use code LEVIN. And in either case, you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. All right, let's roll. David, Salt Lake City, the great KKAT. Go. Mark. Thank you for taking my call. My point is this. Just ruling over dead in the face of these allegations is the equivalent to paying ransom to terrorists. We all know that that is counterproductive. It just encourages them to do it again and again. Why can't these stupid Republicans figure that, figure that out, that that's what's happening here? Why can't they at least, you know, they create this scenario... If it's true, he needs to get out, which, of course, we all agree with, don't you? Sure. But that said, well, then why don't you wait to see if it's true? Yeah. And the answer is, it's impossible. How are you going to know if it's true? We should be fighting this. Well, we, you know, we should at least be sitting, uh, not sitting in absolute judgment like we know what actually took place when, in fact, we have no idea whatsoever. All right, David, I appreciate your call. You know, you got to make a judgment. You see this man's career. You see his lifeline here, as far as we know it. And as soon as this story came out, weren't you like, wow, that's unbelievable? Yeah, well, maybe it is unbelievable. You never know. Let's see here. Charlotte, Chicago, Illinois, the great WLS. Go. Hi, Mark. You know how Barack Obama breezed uh, into the United States Senate from Illinois. The major Democrat and Republican candidate, each one had divorce records smeared, uh, one unsealed, smeared all over the Chicago papers. They dropped out. They were never, I guess they never reentered politics again. And Barack Obama, who had just lost... What was his name? Jack Ryan, I think. Right. He was one of them. I, I don't want to mention the other person, but... They found some kind of, you know, obviously divorce records do not contain real facts as far as I know. And why were they ever unsealed? But at any rate, Barack Obama had just lost huge to Bobby Rush in a race for the U.S. House. 
but since the competition to the U.S. Senate was gone, he breezed in. His opponent was Alan Keyes from Maryland. And after 100 days, he started running for president of the United States and leader of the free world, even though he told reporters he had no intention to run for higher office. So the rest is history. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. Let's go to Bill Fort Mahone in Delaware, Sirius Satellite. How are you? Hey, Mark. How are you doing? This is an honor. You wouldn't believe I've been waiting to talk to you for years. Um, God bless Thank all you. our veterans and all our heroes, not including the NFL. You as one. Um, so Congress has passed legislation to control themselves. Um, these people are the ones that make laws for us. And it, it seems to me that there must be an existing problem. Maybe they should have thought about passing this type of legislation when Clinton was president. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we do have laws on the books, but remember, this is a resolution that applies to them. This is a resolution that applies to them. I'm not an intellectual man at all. No, 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 you don't have to be an intellectual. They passed a rule that applies to them. More intellectual. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a full hour left. There's a few other things I'd like to get into here, if we might. Uh, we'll continue this as well. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Remember Bob Corker? who is the ridiculous the ridiculous knucklehead who serves as chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee and helped bring us the Iran-Corker-Obama deal because he greased the skids for the, uh, for the process that was put in place. Then he voted against it. So the media, whoa, he was against it. Trump is wrong. No, actually, he created a, a process that was extra-constitutional, if not unconstitutional, which turned the treaty clause provision on its head, rather than two-thirds of the senators present to ratify an agreement. Uh, Corker supported a policy that would require a veto-proof Senate, Congress for that matter, that is two-thirds of members of Congress, <clears throat> to stop whatever Obama was doing. It, it, was, uh, it was absolutely unconscionable. And then, of course, Corker and the uh, eggheads he surrounded himself with, which aren't many, he says, well, the president wasn't going to submit it to the Senate. I guess Corker's unfamiliar with the Constitution. The Senate has its own duties. If a president of the United States is going to violate the Constitution and go around the Senate, the Senate doesn't have to stand for that. The Senate can do is treat it as a treaty anyway. Take the document and vote on it as a treaty. Then if the president goes one way and the Senate goes the other way, then consult with the House, that is, in this case, uh, Paul Ryan, about impeachment. And if they're not willing to do that, then go to federal court and challenge the president. There are many things you can do, but Corker's a fool. He's a buffoon. And as you can see in recent months, he is absolutely unbalanced, in my humble opinion. 
So a couple of days ago, big headlines, you know, in the various newspapers. Here's one from the Washington Times. Senator Bob Corker said Wednesday he will hold a hearing next week looking at presidential authority to use nuclear weapons in a move that seems targeted as President Trump. Now, maybe he should hold a hearing on Iran's capacity to use nukes thanks to what he did, that is, Corker. Mr. Corker, who has repeatedly tussled with Mr. Trump, said members of both parties have questioned what powers the president has to use nuclear weapons. Uh, Actually, he's the commander-in-chief. That's another part of the Constitution that Mr. Corker is obviously unfamiliar with. Mr. Corker said it's been more than four decades since Congress has looked at the issue, and it seemed the time was right. Well, why didn't he look at it when Obama was president? Because Corker is a very, very thin-skinned, dangerous politician. This discussion's long overdue, he said, and we look forward to examining this critical issue. Witnesses include the former commander of U.S. Strategic Command, a former Defense Department undersecretary who served in the Obama administration and worked for Senate Democrats, and a Duke University professor of political science. So you can see he's already, he's already packing the witness list with lefties. Packing the witness list. He's an unserious man. He's a dangerous man, is Corker, as chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. Now, Mr. Producer, have we not asked this man to appear on my program in the past? We have, and they don't respond, because he's a coward on top of everything else. I don't holler at guests or anything like that. We would have a uh, wonderful discussion, and he would have to explain himself. He'd have to explain to you, the American people, his interpretation of the Constitution and the Treaty Clause and what he did to help arm the Iranians with ICBMs and nuclear warheads. That's on him as well as Obama, among others. He'd have to explain to you and me why he chooses to hold this hearing now, and he chose not to hold it during the Obama administration. He'd have to explain to us why Trump is dangerous with nukes, when in fact it is Bob Corker who helped arm the Iranians with nukes. The reason Bob Corker is not running for re-election is because he can't get re-elected. He can't get re-elected. He concerns me, Mr. Corker said of the president last month, wondering if the president was taking the country into World War III. Mr. Corker has announced he won't seek re-election. Yeah, well, he's still a menace. This is a man who wanted to be vice president, but Trump turned it down. He wanted to be secretary of state, Trump turned him down again. Now all of a sudden he can't even tolerate Trump as the President of the United States. He's a punk. That's what he is. To be truthful, he's a punk. The United States Senate, the House of Representatives, you know, has already provided its grand ideas for tax cuts, which include many tax increases, the elimination of many important deductions that bring down the tag, the effective tax rate, the House of Representatives is out of control because the Speaker of the House sounds like Bernie Sanders now. The Speaker of the House is very excited that they're going to create another bracket for the rich, for millionaires, of almost 50%. This would be the same Speaker of the House who could not rally his troops to repeal Obamacare, cannot rally his troops to secure the border, will not rally his troops to cut spending. 
Paul Ryan now sounds like Bernie Sanders when it comes to class warfare. It's a disgrace. But the Republican Senate isn't much better. This is from the L.A. Slimes. Congressional Republicans advanced two competing visions of tax reform yesterday, setting up a potentially bruising battle in the weeks ahead as they struggle to agree on a bill President Trump can sign. It would be nice, ladies and gentlemen, if President Trump would take the lead in this, as Reagan did, and we talked about that the other day, in both 1982 and 1986, but he won't do it. Instead, he has this this Manhattan liberal Goldman Sachs guy, of which there are many in this administration, and formerly in this administration, this guy Gary Kahn, who is exactly that. I love the way these Goldman Sachs guys, I have nothing against Goldman Sachs or hedge funds or people making money, but I love the way these guys pretend to know what the little guys are all about, and the middle class and all the rest. Why, did he work on an assembly line? I'm just curious. Did he drive a cab? Was he an electrician, a plumber, school teacher, cop? The Senate plan eliminates all state and local deductions. All. That is state, local, property taxes. The House proposal retains property tax deductions up to $10,000. I thought this was supposed to be the greatest tax cut in American history. As a trade-off, the Senate version would preserve other popular deductions targeted for removal in the House plan, such as for medical expenses. But, you know, we're individuals, ladies and gentlemen. Some of us have many medical expenses. Some of us don't. Some of us have homes. Some of us don't. So it's not a trade-off. If they eliminate your property tax deduction on your home, and you've had this deduction for years, when you purchased your home, that's how you figured out your budget, that is a big deal. Well, don't worry, we're exchanging it by keeping medical expense deductions. Well, maybe I don't have medical expenses. How does that help me? I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you. You ready for this? I hope both of these plans fail. I'd rather have the current tax system, which is a disaster, than the worst proposals that the Republicans are now bringing forward. They're worse than the current system. Millions of you are going to see your taxes go up. I don't care what their propaganda says. I don't care what their propaganda says. Millions of you who are not quote-unquote rich, millions of you are going to see your taxes go up. I hope both of these proposals out of the House and Senate fail utterly and completely. Well, Mark, the consequences for the president, well, then the president should grab the bull by the horns and wrestle it to the ground for once. Sorry, he should. Both the Senate and House plans would lower the corporate tax rate from 35 to 20 percent. The House plan would cut it immediately. The Senate would delay the implementation for a year until 2019 in order to save an estimated $108 billion. See the, see the, 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 the mentality of the Republicans just like the left. To save an estimated $108 billion for whom? Well, for the spenders, for the government, for the bureaucracy. There are also key differences in how new individual rates would be set, the repeal of the estate tax and a variety of other provisions. So basically the uh, Senate bill would not repeal the estate tax. It's called the death tax. That's what we call it, to be more accurate. So both 
in the House and in the Senate, they embrace class warfare. They are not cutting taxes across the board, slashing them, because they refuse to cut spending. They refuse to cut spending. These are big spending progressive Republicans. This is why they hate you and me. They hate us. In part, they hate us because we actually are conservatives. They run as conservatives. They want our votes. And then they screw us. That's what they do, and they do it over and over and over again. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Veterans Day, and uh, I don't need to tell you in this audience, if you see somebody who is in a uniform, uh, it's unlikely they're a vet, they're probably active duty, but so what? You should go up and say hello and pat them on the back or her, which I know you'll do, and you see a lot of, a lot of folks walk around with their hats that show where they uh, served or what service they're in, elderly folks, same thing. But from this program, the millions and millions of people listening, many of you who are vets, but many of us who aren't, we want to thank you. And I want to play one of my favorite songs that makes me get up and salute. Go. While the storm clouds gather far across the sea, let us swear To a land that's free. Let us all be grateful for a land so fair. As we raise our voices, voices in a solemn And tomorrow, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it, would have also been my father-in-law's birthday, Leo. So we want to give a happy birthday to Leo, who passed away a few years ago. Now, as I play that song, and as we honor our veterans and our active duty, I want to read you something from Bridget Johnson over at PJ Media. Something that is a disgrace 
The Republicans control Congress, we control the presidency, we control the Pentagon, and it is a disgrace. The Secretary of Air Force said that after weathering a 1,500-pilot shortfall last summer, the problem has escalated to being 1,926 pilots short, or missing one in ten of a force that's supposed to have 20,000 pilots. Ladies and gentlemen, we are down 2,000 pilots. Secretary Heather Wilson, who used to be a member of Congress, told Pentagon reporters today that it's not just pilots, though, and air crew when it comes to readiness. It's spare parts and flying hours and munitions, she noted. So increasing the readiness of the force so that we win any fight any time is our top priority. Well, what the hell is going on? What the hell is going on? We're telling reporters this? you got the Secretary of the Air Force who's saying, look, boys, girls, Congress... We understand you need anti-sexual training, uh, 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 sexual harassment training. How about you do your job? They're all lined up talking about Roy Moore while they go back into the chamber to vote uh, to make sure they don't sexually harass each other. In the meantime, we're 2,000 pilots short. We're short their crews. We're short spare parts. We're short munitions. They not have the flying hours that they need. Under Republicans. Under Mad Dog Mattis. The hell's going on here? The Navy, same damn thing. They're short ships, they're short crew, they're short captains. The Army, the Marines, same damn thing. The Russians are on the move. The Chinese are really on the move. They're muscling up, muscling up. And we're degrading. Under Republicans. They want to raise taxes on Americans. I don't care how they spin it. They want to raise taxes on Americans. They won't repeal Obamacare. They won't secure the border. And worst of all, they won't rebuild the United States military. Don't tell me this is as great as the Reagan years. I'll be right back. Mark Levin Show is tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark now at 877-381-3811. I keep telling you there's going to be a big announcement. I'm hoping it's next week. I think you're going to like it. No, I'm happy in my body. That's not happening. Not now, not ever. No, not one penny. That's how much funding... Hillsdale College receives from the government, not even indirectly in the form of student loans or grants, not one penny. The vast majority of colleges receive around 30% of their revenue from government funding, loans, and grants. That makes them dependent on the government and taxpayers like you and me in order for them to stay in business. In contrast, Hillsdale refuses every penny of government funding. Why? Because money from the government comes with strings attached. Do's and don'ts, restrictions and mandates that dictate how a school operates and educates. But from the very beginning in 1844, 1844, Hillsdale has provided a world-class education that upholds America's founding principles and preserves the blessings of civil and religious liberty. Do you know who was president in 1844, Mr. Producer? James Polk, 
who happened to be a great president, in my view, one of the unsung great presidents. Everything Hillsdale does, from the financial aid 97% of its students receive, to the completely free online courses it offers, depends on generous donors who recognize the worth of independence. Not one penny preserves the integrity of a Hillsdale College education. Not one penny ensures that Hillsdale can continue to be a beacon of independence for all of its students across America. You can learn a lot more. Learn a lot more. Learn a lot more about Hillsdale, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Many of you have heard me talk about this for years. I really want you to check out their site. It's incredible. And they do so much for the public, for you and me, outside of the classroom. It's really incredible. It's incredible what this college has done. This is the kind of college we need times a thousand. That Hillsdale is there right now, right at the top of the mountain. Shining city on a hill, as they say. Shining college on a hill. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Just check it out. Okay. John, Los Angeles, California on Sirius Satellite. Go. Yeah, hi, Mark. Good to talk to you. I've been listening a long time. I was in the Air Force on a SAC missile crew back in 1970, and we were short officers then, too, because were, they can't ever keep yeah. track of what they need in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying here is we've had the military build up. We had it build up under Reagan, and then slowly but surely it degrades again. You had the sequestration put in place so Obama could massively build up domestic spending, which he did. And if you wanted to cut a nickel from it, you had to cut a nickel from the from the uh, from the military, which is which is absurd. You either fund the military as you need it, or you don't. Uh, but that's the deal that McConnell and Boehner made with Obama. And uh, we are very, very short right now. And it's a huge problem. We have China, which is very aggressive. We have Iran, which is aggressive, North Korea, and I can go on and on and on. Thank you for your call, my friend. Now, we couldn't have been that short in the early 70s. We were in the Vietnam War, and we were spending an enormous amount of money on the military. Uh, dollar for dollar, we're not doing that today. As a percentage of GDP, we're not doing that today. It troubles me enormously, which is why I keep bringing it up. Jamie in Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y. Go. Hey, yeah, Mark. I, I'm I, Like I told you, I called you last week. I'm running for third, uh, the 3rd District here in Georgia against Ferguson. What we need to do is replace every one of them in Washington. They're all corrupt. Competent in what they're doing to this country. If you want change up there, change the people that's up there doing it. This going after uh, Judge Moore down here in Alabama, we see through it. We're tired of the fake polls that they put out to sway voters with the, the lying media. I wish Trump would put something in place where the slander laws are liable. No, no, no. All right, let's slow down. Can't have slander laws or libel laws in politics of this of, of, beyond a certain point, and the Supreme Court has said that too. So it wouldn't matter if they pass laws. That's number one. Number two, uh, we're not going to be able to replace every single one of them because there's way too many in the people in this country who like the direction it's going in, even though it's downhill as far as you and I are concerned. Uh, and number three, we need to duke it out. I'm glad you've decided to step up and run. That's very, very important. 
All right, Jamie, I appreciate your call. Let's go to Cecil, Fredericksburg, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Mark, thanks for taking my call. Hey, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s and everything, you used to look at politicians, and from the Democratic Party, you had the far left, you had the moderates, and you had a kind of right-leaning. It's like blue dog Democrats. Whatever happened to that phrase anymore? Is there any such thing as a blue dog Democrat anymore? Uh, I mean, I think they're on the endangered species list. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten to where the Democrats have moved, like, way far to the left. And the the conservative party, what I used to know as a Republican party... No, 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 no. The Republican Party's never been a conservative party. They have used conservative phrases, and they've they've run on conservative values. It's never been a conservative party. The only two conservative presidents we've had in 100 years or so are Coolidge and Reagan. And this is why I point that out. You'll have these nationalist populists. You'll have the progressives on the Republican side and others. What have the conservatives ever done for us? Two of the greatest presidents. That's what we've done. Right. But it used to be where you could tell the difference. And now everybody, both parties, have moved so far to the left. These guys will uh, uh, Well, let me underscore something else you're saying, because it's true. The Republican Party is enshrining the Obama legacy. Obamacare, DACA, and so forth. They are enshrining legislatively the Obama legacy. They're even to the left of Trump, who is not a philosophical conservative. If they would send him a pure repeal bill on Obamacare, he'd sign it. Even though he wants to uh, give amnesty under DACA, he said he won't do it unless he gets a wall. They won't even send him that. See what I'm saying? The- what happened to the bill that they sent Obama? Why don't they just send that back to Trump? Because they're liars. They the did it because they knew Obama wouldn't sign it, and they know Trump will. All right. Appreciate your call, Cecil, very much. All right. There's one other story I wanted to get to. It has nothing to do with anything we've discussed, but, you know, you got to fit it in when you can fit it in. It's from Newsweek, their website. For all you uh, climate change deniers out there, like me... NASA discovers mantle plume almost as hot as Yellowstone supervolcano that's melting Antarctica from below. There is a supervolcano under Antarctica that is melting Antarctica from below. You know how they say, look at my God, Antarctica shrinking. It's shrinking. Oh, my God. Stop driving your cars. What's wrong with you? Yeah, you got to live in a hovel. Turn off the heat. Oh, my God. Look what you're doing to it. You're not doing anything to Antarctica. Mother Nature punishes itself or celebrates itself. We're a non-entity for the most part. A mantle plume, you'll not hear this anywhere because, you know, all we hear is, hey, the federal government put out a report that that the major reason for uh, climate change is man, mankind. If we would just commit mass suicide, you know, the earth would be better. Researchers at NASA have discovered a huge upwelling of hot rock under Marie Bird Land, which lies between the Ross Ice Shelf and the Ross Sea. It's creating vast lakes and rivers under the ice sheet. We're talking about Antarctica. 
the presence of a huge mantle plume could explain why the region is so unstable today and why it collapsed so quickly at the end of the last ice age 11,000 years ago. It wasn't the automobile. Mantle plumes are thought to be part of the plumbing system that brings hot material up from Earth's interior. Once it gets through the mantle, it spreads out under the crust, providing magma for volcanic eruptions. The area above a plume is known as a hotspot. For 30 years, scientists have suggested that a mantle plume may exist under Marie Bird land. Its presence would explain the regional volcanic activity seen in the area, as well as a dome feature that exists there. However, there was no evidence to support this idea. But now, scientists from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory have created advanced numerical models. Now, you see how this works? Now we have new models. Models 50 years ago showed a new coming ice age. The models uh, a few years ago showed a, uh, a coming, uh, you know, heat wave. And uh, the models today say, well, you know what, this is called climate change. Whatever. All right, so scientists now from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory have created advanced numerical models to show how much heat would need to exist beneath the ice to account for their observations including the dome and the giant subsurface rivers and lakes we know are present on Antarctica's bedrock. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Now you know it. As lakes fill and drain, the ice thousands of feet above rises and falls, sometimes as much as 20 feet. The study author from JPL said when she first heard that a mantle plume might be heating Marie Bird Lane, she thought the idea was crazy. This is Helene Sarusi. I didn't see how we could have that amount of heat and still have ice on top of it, she said in a statement. But in a study published in the Journal of Geophysical Research, Solid Earth, you know, I missed that volume. Sarusi and colleagues looked at one of the most well-studied magna plumes on Earth, the Yellowstone hotspot. That is, you see what happens at Yellowstone, right? So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't tell your neighbors, though. I mean, they'll think you're nuts. Don't say anything to anybody. They'll think you're nuts. All right. I'm so proud to be a partner with Kyle Cox, the owner of Blindster.com. I love his entrepreneurial spirit. I love letting you know about the best quality products from independent businesses like businesses like Blindster.com. And by the way, that's BlindsTER.com. Blindster.com is the only company I endorse for custom blind shades and shutters. And by the way, you want to know why? Because I know you like to do things yourself, and you want to save money. Kyle showed how to measure for and install custom-made, high-quality blinds myself. I saved a bundle in the process. Kyle has a personal fit-and-free guarantee, too. So for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if you messed up, Blindster will make the new sizes needed for free. You only pay the shipping. And get this. When you enter promo code MARK at checkout, MARK, you'll get 40% off your entire order every time. Why not try buying treatments for one window today or one room today, see how easy it is, and go from there. It's the perfect time to do it. It's Friday night, tomorrow's Saturday, Sunday, Thanksgiving's coming up. Take a shot at it. I know that you'll come back for more, just like I did. Blindster.com, that's blindster.com, promo code Mark. Mark Lovin.
Terry, Richmond, Virginia, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark. Terry, out here delivering pizza on a cold night. Oh, man, and it's cold out there. Yeah, well, I've got plenty of layers on. I was just telling Call Screener, I really love the show. I love what you do for conservatism everywhere. I'm still trying to finish reading um, uh, Rediscovering Americanism. And I love it when you play Martina McBride's song. I love that song, too. Thank you. Yeah, I love it, too. So you're delivering pizzas. Is that what you do every day? Yeah, until I find some day work. Until well, do you make good money doing that? Huh? Do you make pretty good money doing that? Uh, in the area I'm in, yeah. I can average mm-hmm. about anywhere from 80 to 100 a night because mm-hmm. I'm always driving late. Well, you're, 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 it's a great service, I can tell you that. But uh, I want to thank you very, very much. You're very, very kind. All right, don't hang up. I want to give you a one-year subscription to CRTV. Much appreciated. We have a wonderful audience. You people are just the best. All people from all walks of life listen to this program. All walks of life. It really is remarkable. And we're on the Mark Levin app and the iHeartRadio app, and we're on Patriot satellite radio and we're on magnificent FM and AM stations across the country Uh, people download this show by the millions every month I can't tell you how blessed I am and how thankful and in honor of you
happy Veterans Day. We honor you. We truly do. If you don't have your flag out, put your flag out, okay? We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. And good night, Zelda. Get Al-Qaeda. Get the Taliban. Get ISIS. Get Hezbollah. Get all those subhuman cockroaches. And God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you on Monday.